Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back. So today is part two of a two-part series on my journey with mold illness. Um, if you haven't already, I would highly recommend going back and listening to the previous episode from last week. Uh, so this is where I share how I found out that I had a problem, symptoms, testing that I did on my body. So now in this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing what I've been doing over the past um four or five weeks since I've been in my new home because the thing with with mold is that you can't really detox and overcome the issue if you're still in that environment so every kind of mold practitioner will say the first thing is get out of the exposure that is so important avoid 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 and then you can do some of the things like saunas and coffee enemas which I'm going to be talking about today but just to recap little summary is that at the end of 2019 so I found out that I'd been struggling with mold illness probably for a long time but I'd got to the place where I was quote doing all the right things supporting detox taking hundreds of pounds worth of supplements every month eating an organic low histamine type diet and I was doing well at managing symptoms but being the kind of geek and the investigator that I am I wanted to understand why because it isn't normal that you have to be so strict with some of these things so that led me to start researching about mold and the more I look into it I realized that it's such a big problem for a lot of people and then I only moved in the middle of last month so June 2020 due to the Covid and the fact that my new home was being renovated so finally here and a lot has happened in the past month if you follow me on Instagram I've been sharing bits on Instagram stories because there has been some um, kind of ups and downs throughout that as well. Mold is a big subject and it's complex and it's scary and it's anxiety provoking knowing that your home is the problem and that's made me look even further into a holistic, I've always been holistic in my approach but now even more so, it's not about diet, we need to look at the air that you're breathing, the people that you're surrounded with. Um, particularly when it comes to hormonal health that's the area that I started off off in and I'm still very interested and work a lot with hormones but I've started to realize that the hormones aren't the problem it's actually something deeper and it could be something like mold but not always so back in January um, I'd already started buying things because I was told that I'd be moving at the start of the year so I ordered a couch I ordered um, like a rug furniture me and my mum went shopping and kind of bought everything early on in the year and we put everything on hold so about eight weeks I think the companies thought that they were going to be delivering and then obviously that didn't happen so then I had to buy storage and the storage place was absolutely infested in mold I went in and I was like oh my god the thing is it's like two minutes from the place that I'm living now so I didn't want to get one that was far away and it's actually my parents who found and arranged for this storage place so they'd put everything in there and arranged for it to be delivered and when I turned up I couldn't say oh my god get everything out of here but everything was boxed up and was packaged and we put kind of blankets and things over them because it was literally like white fungus hanging off the wall above and it was such an old building So that was really um, a struggle because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to contaminate all these new things and take them into my new apartment. And some nights I would wake up in the middle of the night and start researching like what I could do on other 
um, other storage facilities nearby that I could use, but I had to talk myself down and I went back to check a few times. And obviously when you get a new couch or um, dining table, everything's packaged up like many times. It's in bubble wrap, it's in boxes. So that relieved my anxiety a little bit. And I think the mold can cause a lot of anxiety. So it's sometimes physiological, sometimes it's external as well. So that was just causing me to panic a little bit more. And I want to say before we get into it all, I'm not a mold expert. Other practitioners such as Dr. Jill Krista, Dr. Um, Dr. Jill Carnahan, um, these are all mold practitioners who you can kind of refer to Dr. Richie Shoemaker. This is just my experience. So it may not work for you. This is what I researched and decided would be best in my particular situation. And I won't be sharing specific brands or dosages of certain products because I don't want people to just go out and buy what I'm doing. Everyone has different needs. Mold can cause different symptoms for different people. So this is just what I have researched and have been told of practitioners that I have consulted with as well. I want to emphasize the importance of getting out of the exposure or getting in a company to remediate. And it needs to be someone who knows their stuff. It can't just be the local handyman who comes in without a mask, without any personal protective equipment on, because that's obviously a sign that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the dangers of mold. And some practitioners will say, or some companies will say, oh, you don't have a active water leak so they can't possibly be mold dirt and that's not the case at all it could have been a slow drip behind the kitchen sink that has led to water damage you might have got the sink fixed but if there's wet um, material there or damp material that mold can kind of proliferate and if you get a remediation team in who just kind of start knocking down walls without sectioning off the house or protecting you and asking you to kind of leave the premises during that time, then that's a not, not a great sign that the company is reputable or trusted. In the UK, I know of a couple different things. I actually didn't invest in the home testing because I was already moving anyway. So we arranged, um, I signed for the apartment and everything summer of last year. So it's taken a whole year for me to actually get in. But if I was to remain in that previous house, and wanted to do testing, then I would probably turn to the best company in the UK, in my opinion, would be Building Forensics. I'm going to put all of any links or websites that I mentioned in the show notes, but they travel up and down the UK. They are pretty pricey from the, they gave me kind of an estimate when I was thinking about doing testing, but I was like, okay, it's not really, um, it's pointless really because I'm going to be moving, but they give me a quote for kind of like a thousand pounds for them to travel to Manchester. I think they're based around London and it, it charges you like based on the travel costs and they don't actually do the remediation side of things. They just come up with a plan for then a remediation team to follow and they do thermal imaging and kind of pictures and all of these different tests that really give you a good insight as to what's going on and how bad the problem is if the problem is going to be super expensive for you to fix or they're just like okay the, the problem is too bad sometimes it is actually worth moving but i know that is a huge decision and it, yeah you need to consider that with your family and your loved ones and weigh up what it's going to cost to stay versus leave and i want to say that there are options obviously in the us i think there's a lot more places that you can um, trust similar to the building forensics people who specialize in mold i think there's a practitioner and um, he has a website and of course called brian carr and again i'll link his details he works in the us and um, there's another practitioner as well i can't think of her name just yet but i will um oh martin davis so she's a home expert as well and i think she does virtual calls so to give you information if you're in the US and there are tests that you can do on the home like the ERMI or Hertz Me test. There's a company in the US called Micometrics. I believe they actually ship to the UK and other countries and you'd be able to do like a dust sample or an air sample depending on like if you have carpets or pets or where the problem 
where you think the problem is located, then you could do home testing, which would probably be around like less than the £500 mark, but a much more accurate test would be the home investigation team, but it could just be a good starting point. And yeah, there's a, also a website that I came across called Home Urcheck. I think it's a UK website. They have a few different options on there, but that may be a good thing as well. But if they came back fine, that isn't to say that you don't have a problem. And also if you if you do have a problem, it only tests a select number of mycotoxins or molds. So it depends on what your symptoms are, how severe they are, what type of budget you have. And then onto the whole moving thing. I did a lot of research and I had a lot of time to research being at home for like six, six more months than I expected in the first place. And I did get into a bit of a research rabbit hole, which eventually paid off, but I want to stress the importance of taking as little as possible, especially if you are quite sick with mold or the types of mold that you have fall into the tricolpacine family. You can Google more about this, but this would include like the black mold stachybotrys. Um, and I had a few of these elevated. There's a few others as well. And the Grit Plains Lab mycotoxin panel can, it categorizes the different types, whether it's from penicillin, aspergillus. So they would be kind of the worst ones. Sometimes they don't show up on the home air testings that are me, that hurts me because they're quite heavy, heavy molds and they don't kind of float around in dust. So they can sometimes give you a false negative and you may still have a problem. But if you've ever seen black mold, I'm not talking about the bits of um, mold around the windowsills or anything like that. But if your clothes or your furniture have visible mold on them and it's the black mold, sometimes it can be different colours as well. So I just want to um, make that point. If something has visible mold, I probably, and I've what I've read, it's just not worth taking so like your sofa or if there's shoes or if there's jackets that have kind of like a motty fungus on there and this is not usually the case because in my previous home it was kind of like spotless there were some damp patches in the kitchen behind the wall that led into the um like the boiler system the heating system but i think the main problem was under the floor so under the crawl space this is something that i talked about in the previous episode again but none of my clothes had any visible problems. There were no known leaks or anything like that. Um, it was just kind of in the air and that musty type of smell, which I didn't recognize until I left for a significant amount of time and then came back. And my, I was due a new mattress anyway, because it was like quite old, but things like mattresses, couches, cushions, um, duvets, so bedding, anything like that that's porous, if possible, I highly recommend buying new when you leave because you just can't clean things like that. The thinner the materials so things like clothing can often be remediated and cleaned thoroughly. And I'm going to go through my cleaning process that I personally choose to, chose to use, but it can be very hard to do thicker things like leather jackets or like thick winter coats. So I've chose to keep a lot of things back in my parents' house where I lived previously. Um, and one at a time kind of bring bags of clothes over the next few months as I'm getting better. I understand that some people don't have that luxury. So if you can purchase some storage, keep them in vacuum packed boxes or airtight plastic containers until you're ready to clean them and test what, what your health is like at that point. Because it could be that, like me, I'm not like severely ill when I'm exposed to mold, like some people with chronic fatigue syndrome can be, can literally ruin their health and they can be bed bound with a minor exposure to mold. I think because I'm quite young and I've been healthy for many years in terms of diet and lifestyle, I don't think I've been as sick as I could have potentially been because of all of this work that I've been doing on my health over the past few years. It has paid off even though I've been struggling recently. So the mattress, I was wanting a non-toxic mattress anyway. There's a lot on the market and they are pretty pricey, but I went with the one from Latex Sense, which is a latex mattress. There's no flame retardants or chemicals on there. And it's very comfy. So I got the medium firmness, a double mattress, and I purchased on the Black Friday sale. So they do have sales for like 10 or 15, 20% off. So just keep that in mind. 
that was something that I ordered at the end of 2019 and then just they were really good they were like just let me know when you in your new place and we'll ship it so that didn't have to go into storage fortunately I was getting a new sofa um new bedding and all of that which is great but if you are moving from somewhere I highly recommend even if you buy like a really cheap set of furniture while you're in there so you've got something to kind of relax on and then over time investing in some more kind of fancier furniture if you're into that and if you can I try and wash at a laundromat with kind of my location it's not really a thing it's much more prevalent in the US to have laundromats and things like that um, and cleaning services that you can go in and just use pay um, to wash your clothes Plus, with it being locked down during this whole time, if even if there was um, one nearby to me, it probably wouldn't have been open. So there is an issue with... Um, I didn't freak myself too much at, about this because my clothes weren't visibly moldy and they'd been kind of locked in my wardrobe all the time. I, I did a good job at not keeping them out too often. But if you can you could should try and wash your clothes in like an external so not your old house and not your new home just so you're not cost contaminating but i've done it and i'm still getting better so i'm not massively concerned about that and i didn't want to wash up my old house because then i have to dry them there and that is a greater risk of cross contamination so i chose to bring them i sealed them all in bin bags and then put them straight in the washer closed the door so there was no kind of spores flying off anywhere and i did a three-step process so in my first wash, I, I did everything on like 40, 40 degrees as well, as hot as um, I could, just with the materials and everything. I'd heard about a company a while ago called EC3. It's a US company, but they do ship. Just FYI though, the shipping is pretty expensive. Plus I got import tax as well in the UK. So I ended up paying like 50 pounds more than the product. If you're in the, the US, this is a great company because they'll be really um, inexpensive for you to buy. But there's nothing similar that I've been aware of in the UK, so I had to go with these. They do a laundry additive. So I put whatever it shows you on the back how much to use. I put some of that in on the first wash. There is a similar company called Citrusafe. I didn't use those, but that's something similar. It's all blended with essential oils, non-toxic products that are designed to kill mold so the whole companies are around mycotoxins and mold they do a spray as well i didn't get that that could be good if you're bringing clothes or shoes or cushions um, and i also used the doTERRA on guard laundry detergent which you should be able to get online or for a doTERRA rep i am not a doTERRA rep so you'll have to do a bit of research into that this is great as well some people just use this on the regular but this can also contains essential oils if you've ever seen the on guard blend it's just that basically in a laundry detergent but i used a blend of those for the first wash second wash it depends on materials as well so if you're using like silkies or um anything different material leather these may not work some most of my clothes are cotton and the second wash, I used borax. Borax is actually banned in the UK for some reason um, over the past few years, but it is still available on some reputable websites. They just can't kind of um, announce it or promote it, but it can be found online. And there are some supermarkets that sell like a borax alternative. It's not that one that you want. Just have a look for borax and the chemical, full chemical name, and then see what websites offer that. It comes in like a big white tub without any labels or anything so it's what's used in um, different industries i used around a cup of that per load and used a bit of water to dissolve it down and that's you can't really mix anything with borax so the second wash i just used that on its own the third wash i used a regular non-toxic detergent i like the brand ecova with one cup of white distilled vinegar and all of these things are designed to there's things like epsom salts as well that can be used but um some people use bleach as well but i have issues with chemical sensitivity so i chose not to use that and i was just scared of bleaching and ruining my clothes none of my clothes discolored or 
um, had an issue with shrinkage or anything during this washing process, but I can't say this in videos, so just do your research and check the labels, etc. Ideally, I would have dried these clothes outdoors because the sun rays can penetrate and kind of kill off any lingering mold spores. So that would have been the ideal circumstance. But for one, it was raining. And for two, I don't have access to an outdoor area or a garden anymore. I could have taken them to my back to my parents' house, like five minutes drive away, but it's just transporting them kind of up and down and it just wasn't worth it. So I just dried them inside on a clothes horse um, or a maiden and it worked well. So I took the bare minimum for the first two to three weeks, like I had the same clothes on all week and just kind of some pajamas and some underwear. And then I knew that I was getting better. So I was like, okay, I need to expand and get some more clothes here. So I brought like a bag at a time. So now I've probably got half of the amount of clothes that I have at my new home. And eventually I'm going to try and bring everything. It's more of the winter coats and things that I'm cautious of. So I'm going to keep them there as long as possible and make sure that my process definitely works. But I did a huge purge of my wardrobe before I moved just because I wanted to be a bit of a minimalist and this whole thing has taught me to be a minimalist in all areas of life and not get attached to things anymore so that's hopefully a positive that has come out of this whole experience. Next I want to talk about my books. I am a nerd, I'm a bookworm and I love my books and I've collected a nice range of them over the years and from what I was reading it was like you have to throw them, paper is what accumulates um, and holds on to a lot of mycotoxins. If you think about old, um, musty bookstores, people usually associate them with mold, and that's exactly why. But I really did a good purge of all of my books as well, and got rid of ones like ones that I had at the beginning of studying nutrition. I gave some away, I donated some, and um, that's not a problem, by the way, because if someone doesn't have a mold issue, then they're probably not going to have a problem. It's not like they were visibly moldy or anything like that. And I've always stored them in a closed cupboard. And yeah, so I had a lot of documents as well, just from invoices and receipts and things like that. So I got rid of everything that I possibly could. And then what I did because of, uh, I reached out to Dr. Jill Krista again, who's been on my podcast. And I asked her and she was like, yeah, I totally understand. I'm exactly the same when I had this experience. And what she did is saturate a lot of cotton balls in essential oils. So I used the doTERRA on guard. I used lavender. I used thyme. Um, I think I used orange as well, like a citrusy one. Saturated cotton balls in that. Bought some plastic tubs. So it came in a set of three just from somewhere like a cheap, um, cheap shop that was a sealable, a tight lid. I put all of my books in there, so like two sets of them, um, one at a time, I was just testing out the process, and put about um, three or four cotton balls in there, close the lid, and hope that the essential oils would kind of have some antimicrobial effects in there. And then after a day of that, I laid them, I went back to my parents' house and laid them in the garden, because it was a really hot day, and baked the books in the sun for the whole day. And then I put all of those books into a clean, one of the new clean tubs, kept them at my new house and one at a time, I'm planning on putting them onto the bookshelf because when I was ordering my furniture, I had this, this envision of um, having this nice, lovely white bookshelf with all of my books on there in my office. And now it's pretty much empty because I haven't put them out yet. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully by the time I start to do that, my health would be better and maybe the boots aren't going to affect me too much. But if you're someone who's really sensitive, it may just be that you need to um, get rid of the boots. Other things, trainers, I can't completely clean. So again, I threw some old ones away and then the ones that I wanted to keep, I bought, brought them here per by per over the weeks. Seems to be fine. And I'm not concerned about everything being completely mold free because that isn't possible. And that's something that I've really had to learn over the past few months is that there's always going to be mild exposures. When I go into the woods and for my daily walk, there's molds and mycotoxins in there. It is a bit different, the outdoor versus indoor molds when you're sensitive, but I need to be aware that 
the goal is to build up my health and my detoxification pathways so that when I am exposed, I'm not going to react negatively because everything's been compounded over the years with birth control, poor gut health, stress, nutrient deficiencies, thyroid issues. So that's why I've become potentially Lyme as well. That's maybe involved. So that's why I think I've been so reactive to mold in the past. So I'm hoping that moving has reduced my um, toxic burden. So that now it's a little bit empty and I don't have this overflowing cup of toxicity in my body. With things like dishes and skincare products and things like that, that I was bringing um, and cutlery, they're not penetrable. So anything stainless steel or hard plastic, you can just wipe clean. So I used a Ecova spray or I used the... Um, they have a doTERRA cleaning concentrate. I just mix with some water and spread that down. So it's got essential oils on there as well. So onto my protocol. I have been doing before and after images with my skin. I do have a pimple patch on right now for those watching on YouTube. That's what this is on my chin. I've got a new breakout. My skin has been a little bit crazy these past few weeks because your skin is a detoxification route or exit pathway. So my skin is always the thing that flares up when internally things are happening hormonally or in the liver, in, in the gut, in my body. So totally expected this to happen. My skin was bad the past few months of living in my old house anyway. So it has significantly improved since then. But when I started on my detox protocol, which I'll come on to, my skin was like breaking out in like weird places, like on my cheeks. I never usually get them. So it's a sign. Um, and my hormones seem to be getting better. I sometimes got like chin, jaw and neck breakouts and the cystic type. So all of that is gone. And it's more like surface level whiteheads in different places. So that to me is a positive sign. I've also been taking pictures of my body and how that's changing because I was carrying excessive weights for my health, like what's healthy for me. So eventually, I don't know when I'm going to release this on YouTube, but I'm going to do like a day in the life of like a detox day for me and then before and afters showing how my body my physical appearance has changed because I already noticed the difference I kept my diet pretty much the same because I was already limited and restricted with my options due to multiple food sensitivities and my bad reactions to carbohydrates and sugars my glucose was like through the roof my insulin was up and down all day so I've been lower histamine, as fresh as possible, cooking from scratch pretty much every meal, and organic, so that's like an overview. Um, pretty low, low carbohydrate, which eventually I'm going to expand, and because I don't want to be low carb for too long, but I think it is necessary in certain cases when you have fungus, yeast, or mold overgrowth in the body, because these sugars and carbs, even the healthy types, are what fuel the issue. So I've just been symptom managing with this diet, but eventually I'm going to increase them just for optimal health. Exercise has been pretty much non-existent since the gyms closed in the UK, I think March 2020. So I've probably done a handful of workouts in these four months. And the first month of moving was exactly the same. Then I'd done the odd YouTube workout, but I've been really sore the next day. My body's just I think exhausted because one of the protocol things that I've been doing is infrared saunas and I thought I was tolerating them really well but I've been speaking to the people who run the company and they were saying take it consider it being like exercise so I was like oh I'm just laying on a mat being heated from the inside out but they were like no there'll come a point where you push it a bit too hard and you'll get reactions that definitely did happen but I think doing a sauna and a workout on the same day it just wiped me out so i will be just sticking with my 60 minute daily walk outside for now i've been doing that all throughout lockdown as well which feels really good and the gyms are going to be opening next week in the uk so towards the end of july and i can't wait to get back into the my new apartment has a gym in there as well in the um in the building but it's also not open currently because of the restrictions so i'm I can't wait to get that. I love strength training. I love exercise. It makes me feel really great. And it's a great detox tool as well, getting that sweating going. Um, so yeah, highly looking forward to that. And then detox support. I'd already been doing coffee enemas like three times a week. That They've been a lifesaver for me whilst I was still in my old home. And 
especially for brain function, keeping inflammation at bay. I'd also been doing some protocols since February when I knew that I wasn't going to be moving for a while. I started on some just basic immune support and basic binders and things like that just to keep my body functioning optimally because my symptoms got much worse during lockdown. The fact that I wasn't exercising, I couldn't go out the house and I was spending all my day indoor. I literally felt like I had dementia um, and it, yeah, crazy times. So I'm just going to go through kind of what has changed, what I tried since February onwards. And then I'll talk about my things that I've improved, negative things, mistakes that I've made. And I knew that starting an intense protocol whilst I was in my old home, it was pointless. So it's just a waste of money. And it's like trying to just fan or deal with the smoke when there's a huge fire going on. The goal is to put the fire out. So in February 2020, I was doing research into binders and how important they are um, for mold detoxification. I started on them a little bit too quickly. I thought, well, I started at half the dose they recommended, but I think I should have started at a lower dose. I was like, oh, I'm pretty healthy. I've been doing all of these enemas and I'm kind of healthy enough. But it was a blend of things like charcoal, zeolite, pectin, like a powder. And I think I started on half a teaspoon. The full dose was like one full teaspoon a day. And I, it really constipated me immediately. And I never really have issues with constipation, but the, the name binder, it does bind in the system. And then that led to headaches. So it was releasing a ton of these toxins. So binders grab onto and pull mold toxins. There's individual binders that are more affiliated with certain mycotoxins so i just i didn't know at the time the specifics so i just took one with a blend of different things and it was catered to more like sensitive people but obviously there was a lot of toxins in my fat tissue in my muscles in my organs in my brain and i started pulling on that too quickly and i remember being out shopping and i just felt so off i had like a really bad headache and when i get a detox headache it's not like a pounding headache or anything it's like my eyes are tired and heavy like I'm falling asleep and just cotton wool head so I can't really think clearly that's exactly what happened and I tried to even the first day of not having a bowel movement I was like okay this isn't good I need to be eliminating at least two to three times a day during this whole detox because that is the main way that toxins get out of the system so I was doing really high dose magnesium citrate, which has laxative effects. I was doing, um, I've got this product in my cupboard and it's like really effective at constipation, but it always causes like diarrhea for me. So the, the dosage is like three um, capsules. I can barely do one. So it's really strong and it's got think, a little bit of center in there and some other herbs. And even that I did, I got up to the three capsules and it wouldn't budge. So I think a few days or a week or so I had to back off and then increase again. I also added in a bitter herb formula that was um, supposedly really great for bile flow and liver. I have an issue with salicylates and certain herbs. Salicylates are a compound found in certain fruits, vegetables, usually the really healthy, colorful ones. And it was in an alcohol base. Alcohol is high histamine. So I did get a, a negative reaction to this formula that I added in, which I was upset about. I ended up using it just at a lower dose over a long period of time, using it up. But that caused headaches. I got facial hives. I usually get them underneath my eyes in like the cheek area. And I also had itching on my scalp, which is a classic histamine um, reaction for me. I also noticed with these changes, I had really frequent urination. So every hour when I was doing these things, I would need to urinate like a lot. So that was a sign that my body was trying to flush toxins out and dilute them through the urine and just get them out of the system. And I would get foot cramps every single time I'd do an enema. So um, in my previous bathroom, I used to kind of put my rest my leg on the door and lay on my right hand side my foot would literally cramp and spasm every time I started doing the enema. And afterwards I would get cramps in my foot and really bad episodes of anger every time I was doing the detox. And if you think of the organs and the emotion connection, 
and anger is associated with the liver so makes absolute sense and it was just really interesting to see how my body was changing march obviously this is when lockdown hit in the uk and i made some notes here i think i carried on with similar products and binders i'd like to rotate my binders just to try them out and see which ones i would like to stick with when i moved but in march i had really bad brain fog um, I would find it really hard to recall the simplest of words during consultations. If any clients are listening and we had consultations in March, April, May, like if I was not all there, I'm really sorry. I think I did a good job and people didn't notice, but it would literally drain the life out of me. And I had bad sleep the first night of switching my binder, anxiety, teeth grinding. I couldn't type on my computer or write protocols or text. My hands, and my brain just weren't connecting. It felt like I was in slow motion. I felt more sensitive to histamines. So on my low histamine diet, that kept my symptoms pretty well managed. I didn't have to be, you can't be zero histamine, but I was finding if I'd cooked something, I'd left it out like one hour, that accumulates histamine over time when something's prepared and then left. I was just reacting a lot more so that was a sign that my body was kind of making changes and releasing a lot of toxins into the system i don't know if i would have done looking back done that because it was i was still breathing in the mold during that whole time so it was probably best to hold off on the binders i'm not sure or try a different binder and i then started to become aware of the emf so electromagnetic field and mold connection Dr. Dietrich Klinghart had um, done a, a study where he had a mold, like a mold colony in a petri dish. And he put one in away from a Wi-Fi box or Wi-Fi router, one right next to it. The one next to the Wi-Fi router exploded in mycotoxins about to 600 times. So when I read that, I was like, oh my God, is this why so many people now or so many buildings are having issues with mold? It's because we're bombarded by, by um, EMFs. And I really think it is. So if you're living in somewhere that has known mold exposure, but you can't move or you're waiting for remediation, please try to limit your EMF exposure as much as possible. Not spending a ton of time on, online, looking into devices like Memon, which don't block the EMF, but they neutralize it kind of. And I have an episode, um, which I'll link in the show notes on EMF and geopathic stress. Um, and then... I tried turning off my Wi-Fi at night. I was like, okay, I can't really do it in the day because my business is online. So at night I started turning off the Wi-Fi box and immediately I started dreaming again. And I hadn't dreamed in years. I used to dream a lot and have very vivid dreams, but I hadn't dreamed in years and I started dreaming again. And I also track my sleep on an aura ring and my REM sleep has been really low for years. And that's the dreaming the dreaming stage that usually happens between 2 a.m and 6 a.m where thoughts and memories and emotions are processed and consolidated so mold can really affect REM sleep and sleep quality when I turned off the wi-fi my sleep improved my REM increased and I dreamed as well so that is a huge positive um finding in April again I switched binders to test them out and I would try to have one or two days a week when I didn't have any detox support or um, enemas and things otherwise that can start to overwhelm the detox pathways and it's just good to have a break every now and again I also started using a different brand of coffee for my enemas I'd previously just been using medium or light roast coffee and I started using it's known as green coffee or like a roasted or lights coffee or enema coffee brands on Amazon include um, S.A. Wilson's which is the brand that I use and love. It doesn't look like coffee or smell like coffee when you open up the package, but I noticed a huge difference in terms of um, how effective the enemas were. It caused this huge bile purge in the system. And I had to start very slowly with the amount. I was used to like three tablespoons of regular coffee at the start. But when I swapped to this, I would need to do like one tablespoon because it was that powerful. And this is the type that's used in Gerson therapy cancer treatment centers around the world they swear by vegetable juicing and coffee enemas amongst other things to help naturally fight cancer so they're much more effective 
and just keep that refrigerated as possible because a lot of them come pre-ground. I slowly started to increase my intake of liposomal glutathione back at the end of 2019 when I was finding out about mold. I started glutathione because I heard it was good to provoke on a urine test or try and detox some of the mycotoxins before testing. But I had a negative reaction. I would get really bad bloating, headaches, acne, skin rashes. And this was a sign of a sulfur intolerance. I've also got an episode of that with Dr. Greg Nye, which I'll link to because it all ties into mold um, as well and inflammation, these types of conditions. So it's something that you need to um, build up to. Adding in molybdenum for me really helped. This is a trace mineral that helps with sulfur metabolism. And I actually started off on, with NAC. NAC is also great for PCOS and I've been using that for a while as well. So NAC is a precursor to glutathione. But taking glutathione directly for me, especially the high quality brand that I was taking, it was just too much too quick. And again, unfortunately, I went straight to the full dose instead of doing what I asked my clients to do and starting literally one drop at a time if they're sensitive. So now I could tolerate glutathione and it was really needed because all of my tests that I've been doing, like the organic acid and the Dutch test, always showed a lot of inflammation and low glutathione levels. And that is the thing with mold. It can block your, um, your own natural creation of antioxidants like glutathione and it uses them up very quickly as well. So that's why it can cause so many health problems just overall. I also began phosphatidylcholine. I was actually sent a full-size product from the company Body Bio. I think they heard one of my Instagram stories talking about mold and they kindly sent me a full bottle of phosphatidylcholine. It's actually very expensive. So I was really um, grateful for that. And that actually caused like a detox reaction when I first started having it. Phosphatidylcholine is involved in cell membranes and liver detoxification, brain function. So I think it was causing a purge of toxins from the cell membranes. That's where they can be stored. And it's like turning over. It's like an oil change for my cells, which ultimately is a great idea. But I think it was just too much too quick for me. But I had that in smoothies or by the spoonful. It's like a really thick liquid. But I noticed a huge benefit from that. Um, ultimately with brain function it really helps on my skin and it helps with um, bile and gallbladder flow the majority of your bile I think is made of cholesterol and phosphatidylcholine and water so dehydration can obviously be involved um, but phosphatidylcholine really helps thin any thick sludgy bile sometimes in the past I would get gallbladder pain so I'd get a sharp pain under my um, under my rib and after eating coconut yogurt, I would get like a really intense pain and sometimes a little bit of nausea. That all stopped after incorporating phosphatidylcholine and helping to move my bile. Bile is so important. Dr. Jill Christ again talked a lot about this on the episode and her book and social media, how important gallbladder and bile flow is. Bile is what carries toxins from the body and the liver out through the bowels. So in order to detox, you need a healthy gallbladder and bioflow. And things like mycotoxins, heavy metals, and estrogen dominance or estrogen dominance can cause this to not happen well enough and cause you to recirculate a lot of those toxins. Since moving, so at the in the middle of June, I started dry brush, so I, I upped it even more. So this is when a lot of the um, the other things came in. And I actually took 10 days off work because I needed just to have a break. I was getting a bit overwhelmed with um, the amount of work and just that my brain wasn't working properly. And I wanted to have a week or so of just resting and sleeping and relaxing. So I started dry body brushing again. This really helps with lymphatic flow. Your lymph, lymph system is what, again, clears out cells of um, any toxins and debris, and it helps to circulate hormones as well in the body so dry body brushing is great or like a lymphatic massage you can do um, that on your own on your face with tools or just with your hands opening up the ones on your neck in the groin under the armpits i did epsom salt baths so in my other home i didn't have a bath so i was so happy that my new place has a bath and i really took advantage of that the first week i would do a bath almost every night and i bought a huge five or 10 kilogram tub of Epsom salts off Amazon. 
it's also known as magnesium sulfate. This is, um, it can be really reduced when you put it in, when you buy it from Amazon rather than like a health food shop. And the kind of dosage or the serving size is like two to three cups, ideally, but you might need to work towards that when you have a lot of um, sluggish detoxification because it can be very effective. The first week I almost passed out in the bath because having mast cell issues and histamine issues, I'm very sensitive and reactive to temperature changes, particularly getting too hot. I've always like had issues with fainting, passing out, dizziness when it gets too hot and humid. And this happened in the bath. I think it was just too much. I was doing too much too quick. And yeah, I almost passed out in the bath, which was not fun. And afterwards I just couldn't stop sweating. I had a pounding headache the next day. So this was a huge mast cell reaction for me. I took my rebounder. So I bought this ages ago, like a mini trampoline. But in my previous home, it was just, I just couldn't use it in the house. And in the garden, the garden was like sloped downwards. So it wasn't safe to use. So I tried to use it in my new place. I was like so happy that I had the space to do it now. But I didn't feel comfortable because there's obviously people above and below me. And I didn't want it to be too noisy for the people below. So I actually... Um, sold this to a client and hopefully she's loving it and using it but rebound is also great for lymphatic flow we just want to get the body moving it's a simple easy low impact type of exercise as well just to get the heart rates up i also invested in an infrared sauna mat the company is get fit and this will be linked in the show notes um highly recommend it i bought one of the most expensive ones because the other ones are like quite small and it's more for like injury, I think, in particular areas like lower back pain. I wanted one of the full body mats. So it did cost me around, I think it's like 1500. Um, you'll have to check on the website, but I think this has been really worth it. And it also came with a complimentary kind of dis, um, conversation with the staff members just to help you through it, like a training on how to work up to it. At first, I didn't really notice any difference. It's very real, relaxing, just the warmness. And I can't do the regular saunas or the little pop-up tent saunas because, again, I get issues with excessive heat and sweating and um, it can just trigger a reaction for me. So the infrared sauna, far infrared, it penetrates deep into the cells and it heats your core body temperature up from the inside out. So you don't really get sweaty at all, but you get such a detoxification reaction from that. So I started off with 10 minutes, didn't really notice any difference. And they said to do like every other day, but me being me, I just went up to kind of 15 minutes, 20 minutes. There's temperatures as well. So I started pretty low and then just worked my way up. So now I'm up to um, like 30 minutes. I've had a couple of days off, but 30 minutes pretty much every day now. And I think this has really been helping. My body tolerates it well. And I didn't really notice anything until I worked up to that high temperature at 30 minutes and started to do the exercise. I felt absolutely wiped out at the start. So it's like my body is exercising whilst it's on the mat. I also read about the importance of nasal sprays because with mold exposure, even if you don't have any sinus issues, they can be a common symptom like sinus congestion, post-nasal drip, allergies and headaches. But even if you don't have that, it's important to address any colonies of mycotoxins or mold in the nasal passage. So I've been using the X Clear, and it's just on Amazon and it's available pretty much everywhere, I think. Just a blend of uh, filtered water, xylitol, which is a, usually thought of as an artificial sweetener, uh, a natural sweetener, but it's also um, antimicrobial. And it's a small amount of grapefruit seed extract in there as well, which is antifungal. So I didn't do the test for, it's called Marcons, which is multiple antibiotic resistant staph in the nasal passage. But yeah, I just thought I'd add it in anyway. It's pretty cheap. It's only like 10 pounds on Amazon. I was doing that when I was in my previous home, two sprays twice a day. And I'm going to be swapping to the Argentine, um, Argentine 23. And this is a silver nasal spray, nanoparticle silver. Don't think that there's the silver toxicity risk because it's the nanoparticle form, so that's safe to use. Some people take silver internally, but I'm just going to do the nasal spray in a couple of months just to switch it up. And Dr. Jill Krista, again, 
has an essential oil blend in her book but you need a neti pot I don't really have one yet so I might try that in the future but I'm not sure and then DNRS or dynamic neural retraining system is something that I heard a ton about and I thought it would be the perfect thing for me to add in because this if you look on the website there's a course by Annie Hopper and there's I think he's called Sandeep Gupta the Gupta brain rewiring certification the thing is with mold is that it can alter your brain and it can make you very hypersensitive to everything so stressors chemicals foods um so that's definitely what happened with me it's made me react, very reactive very low stress tolerance so it's all well and good being out of the environment but if your brain's stuck in these habits then that's why you can continue to be reactive afterwards there's people who even continue to live in mold and they work on rewiring the brain and they're able to get better I don't think that is great long term because it's kind of tricking your brain to thinking that everything's right, but it could still be affecting your health physically. So I downloaded the program. It's an online program. There are in-person ones, but with everything that's going on with COVID, I don't think they're on at the moment and they're all in the US, unfortunately, I think. So I think it's always best to do the group one if that's local to you, but the online course can be just as good. Basically, it's kind of like um, cognitive behavioral therapy and you just it it takes a lot of patience and dedication though and i'm really struggling with that i think because i i feel like i'm getting better without it it's not really been a priority whereas if i was really sick and literally couldn't function in the world i would be dedicated and motivated and it does take like an hour of your day consistently for like six months you might start to notice improvements within a few days some people in a few weeks they can finally go out the house without a mask on because they've been so chemically sensitive for years so there's amazing testimonials on the website and it, i know it's so effective but just something inside of me it's not really resonating it's very hard for me to be on board i tried to do half an hour even and i just couldn't not physically but i just couldn't mentally just keep going i just find it very difficult but maybe i will try that again in the future i've always got that I understand the process now so I could literally do it I've been through the course so I understand the process what I've been doing instead is just taking inspiration from it so it talks about a bit of exposure therapy so holding avocados or chocolate in my hands or my mouth because I sometimes um, react negatively to them depending on what's going on so I've been taking things like that and trying to think of mold as not so much of a scary dangerous thing um, so going back into my old house to visit my parents um, at first I was like oh my god it smells so musty and I was conscious and scared about their health but they're trying to remediate at the moment if they're doing it right or not is a whole other thing but I'm trying to not stress too much about that because they get very overwhelmed and defensive and angry sometimes understandably because they don't really know and they feel like they've caused my health issues which is absolutely not the case but DNRS could be a great addition and supplements so i've mentioned my binders um i'm not going to go into the brands as well like i said but trace minerals can be really effective at just supporting the detoxification pathways of the liver glutathione i was doing liposomal glutathione i prefer that rather than capsules liposomal vitamin c vitamin c is very antihistamine and supports detoxification very anti-inflammatory and then three weeks into living in my new place I think I started antifungals too quickly because I'd already bought them, just a range of antifungals, things like powder arco and garlic. Catnip is actually very antifungal as well, so that's one of the ingredients in the formula. And I was feeling great. I was doing all of those things I've just mentioned. I was like, okay, I'm feeling strong enough to add in antifungals. The first day I did half the amount and felt okay. I, I got that eye drooping kind of head, head brain fog and tiredness that I get sometimes, but it passed after a few minutes. So I was like, okay, that's a bit weird, but I'll carry on. The next day I did a double dose. So yeah, mistake, mistake here on my end, but I almost like fell asleep during a consultation. My eyes were just so heavy and I knew that something wasn't right. My period was also due the next day, which I forgot about because I didn't really have any, I didn't really get PMS symptoms. So 
my hormones were already on the decline. My body was already um, tired and going through a lot, just the natural changes that happen. And that was the time that I'd also started to exercise and increase my sauna temperature. So there was just a lot going on at once. Went to bed, woke up, had started my period, um, went to the bathroom. Well, I actually woke up at like 4 or 5 a.m., just like really randomly. And I was like, okay, I'm not getting up now. So I went back to sleep and then woke up around 8 a.m., felt quite tired, went to the bathroom, got ready, went to the kitchen and immediately had a wave of dizziness, nausea, like I was going to pass out. Started profusely sweating, um, started kind of heaving and then... I went to go to the bathroom. I thought I was going to, well, I did have diarrhea. I walked down the hallway and knew I was going to pass out. So I grabbed onto my radiator. When I looked afterwards, I'd actually pulled it off the wall, brand new radiator. But I fell backwards and banged my head on the wooden floor. But it didn't didn't knock me out. I just immediately shot back up. I think it was like shock. And yeah, was sick, was sweating. I had to call my parents. They were out. So I had to call my brother. He had to, um, I don't think he had his car with him. So he had to like run. He's into running. So he came to my rescue. (laughs) This lasted an hour. After that, I took some binders and I was perfectly back to normal in an hour. So that must have bound to any toxins that were circulating in my body was like much more resilient because something like that six months ago would have like wiped me out for a week. Other things I've noticed on occasion is that I get an ice pick head pain. I used to get these quite a lot as a child and as a teenager. My brother did as well when he lived with us. And this is, from what I know now, um, a common mold issue. I used to call, we used to call it lava because it felt like I had this crack in my head, like this really sharp, intense cracking pain and then this rush of blood and it's like red hot blood and I felt like it was lava at the time so I would call it lava used to last two to three seconds and then it goes I used to get them very frequently and I'd not had them for a while when I started detoxing especially when I put my head back on my sauna mat um it would must have been detoxing my brain and I'd sometimes get those lava episodes again so very interesting The first two weeks into my moving and detox, I felt very hungry, very shaky, very irritable and weak. So it's just like I was hungry all the time and just really exhausted. I would just want to lie on the couch and do nothing and find it hard to kind of get going in the morning. But that eventually passed. I was also very hot. It was a bit of a heat wave in the UK. The first month of me moving, there was like really um, hot, hot weather. But even on regular days, I was just, I had to wear regular deodorant. The natural baking soda ones just did not work. And I smelled really strong, like a teenage boy, like really manly, strong, androgen type smell. Just sweating all the time, really hot, really irritable, like pitta in Ayurveda. It's just fire, heat, irritation, anger. And that can also be tied back to liver and detoxification. As I said, my skin has been breaking out more. It's a lot calmer than it is now. I realized that I wasn't having um, as many bowel movements as I should be during the day. I was having one good bowel movement in the morning, but when you're going through detox, it needs to be two or three. So I increased my magnesium and that has helped significantly bring down the inflammation of my skin. Other positives, within the first week or 10 days, I had zero brain fog. I remember phoning someone and I knew exactly whereas before I'd need to make a script of what I wanted to say. And again, now this podcast, I'm like amazed that I can speak and I'm hardly going to edit this podcast at all. Whereas before, that's why I've not done any solo episodes in a while because I couldn't think. I would say like one sentence, then I'd need to refer back to my notes and I'd edit it. Like every 10 seconds or so was edited because I couldn't. I couldn't get my words out. It felt like I had dementia. So this is a miracle for me that my brain function has recovered that quickly. As I said, with my skin, it's less deep, less cystic, less inflamed, um, less red, and it's more of surface level pimples, which is related to my detox. I've lost weight. So I had um, old clothes that had become too tight. Now they're loose and less puffy, less inflamed, because when you have mold illness, it can go both ways. You can 
find it difficult to keep or hold on to weight or it can be that you have 20 30 40 pounds of excess weight that you just can't budge i've had no itching no real histamine reactions apart from those ones that i mentioned which is really good because i was having them consistently before itching on the scalp the vagina the the butt area um no problems with that at all actually there's a in between this is like tmi but in between my bum cheeks i had like a heat rash and i think it's kind of a fungal based rash that did flare up the first few weeks um so it would be itchy just felt like raw irritated skin i think it was kind of a fungal rash that was coming to the surface with the detox that i was doing so that seems to be calming down um that was interesting i remember having that back when i was on the pill years ago and the doctor said it was thrush but i don't think it was thrush i think it was like kind of like a he uh, fungal heat type rash the period that i had when i had that detox episode was great mood is way better feeling motivated energized excited to kind of be in the world and working my nails and my eyebrows are growing so quick the outside third of my eyebrows is much more strong that had grown back for the the past couple of years compared to what it was but the hair seems stronger my toenails are growing like wildfire still a long way to go yeah i understand that with mold it totally depends on your age or how severe it was how your health is overall genetics but i feel like in three months six months i'm going to be pretty good and i'm feeling really optimistic mindset is still something that i need to work on i understand that mold is everywhere it's not the bad guy i'm the canary in the coal mine when it comes to some of these things and mold does affect pretty much everyone but I'm the one who displays visible kind of warning signs as to how it is affecting our health. And this is something that I'm going to be aware of for the rest of my life. So yes, it's very frustrating to have all of these things happen, but I understand that it's a silver lining that I understand this now for my clients. And when I need to buy a house or go into a restaurant that's really moldy, I can just be like, okay, my mold alarms are going off. Let's maybe try somewhere else instead. And I haven't been back to my parents' house for an extended amount of time yet. I've just been kind of in and out. But hopefully they're remediating soon. And as I said, that is stressful to know that they're probably being affected. My mum's got Hashimoto's and asthma. My dad has hives and um, like psoriasis type issues. So yeah, hopefully they choose the right remediation companies and everything. But I can't control some of these things, unfortunately. Other experts that you can look into i've mentioned the home experts brian carr martin davis in the us body experts i mentioned dr jill krista dr jill carnahan reed davis dr richie shoemaker the book surviving mold by dr neil nathan is amazing beth o'hara i have an episode with her on mass selectivation syndrome in the um, episode show notes it's number 78 of the hormones and harmony podcast scott falsgren is um, an amazing practitioner he has a podcast the better health guy he will be on the podcast in an upcoming episode talking about mold and lime same with evan brand he is an expert functional medicine practitioner and we're going to be talking about the candida mold connection in august 2020 there's a free toxic mold summit hosted by doctor by um, i don't know if she's a doctor actually margaret christiansen you if you're listening to this later in the year then you're probably able to purchase that i think she's done a couple of them over the years but if you watch it live then it's going to be free similar to the trauma summit that was released a few weeks ago and i'm definitely going to be sharing more about this in future episodes because i believe it is a problem for a lot of people but i want to also make the point that it's not something that you necessarily need to look in right away if you have you've only just come off the pill or you've only just started you're in the first few years of your health journey you haven't worked on gut health or cleared up gut infections or anything like that first definitely start there but if you're someone listening who's been on your health journey for years you're quote unquote doing all the right things but you're still struggling with your health then this is potentially an area that you should look further into um same with chronic infections like epstein-barr lyme disease and same with hormone imbalances. Yes, this is the Hormones in Harmony podcast and people have been coming saying, oh, you're not talking about periods anymore or um, hair loss. Yes, absolutely. But these are some of the reasons 
underlying root causes of hormone imbalances and hormones like the followers they're usually not going out of whack for no reason at all so if you are still here and you've listened to part one and part two thank you so much thank you for all your support and your messages on instagram it really means a lot hopefully this information helps you out if you're currently struggling even if you're not dealing with it at the moment it's something to be mindful of and it could save a lot of time stress and health issues in the future if you're more mindful about your environment so thanks again for all of your support and i'll see you back here next week for an interview with another amazing guest I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.